welcome friends and all to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast, where we roleplay as the biggest and best film critics who talk about films that come to theaters, stream online, and go on the most daring adventures with a few jokes to employ along the way. From the dark recesses of the San Francisco Bay Area, well, I am, of course, your master of stories, John Negroni. I'm also the film editor for a website called InBetweenDrafts.com. And rolling the dice on whether or not he should quit this podcast for good after having to deal with yet another one of my shenanigans, he hails from an enclave known as Pittsburgh in the province known as Pennsylvania. He is a freelance film writer, a mercenary more like... It is, of course, William Ashton the first. Uh, boy, this is gonna be rough. It's gonna be. It's gonna be rough. Uh, well, that's right because we have monsters and goblins and other oh, film critics to contend with. Yeah. So um, I should preface this by saying I have played Dungeons and Dragons exactly once in my life. Uh, I was filling in for a friend of mine, uh, my roommate, uh, or now roommate, I should say, uh, was playing at the table his one person couldn't uh join them so rather than reschedule uh they just opted to put me in there and uh i didn't know what was going on uh i didn't know what to do do you, uh, do you know who taught me how to play dungeons and dragons because i never played until a few years ago like 2016 2015 uh former co-host maverick Hines? it was not former co-host maverick Hines. however he was involved he was there um, but no, uh, Mike Overholz co-host with us, hmm. Mad Men Men, it's, oh, fame, okay. he, he taught me how to play Dungeons and Dragons. He is a bit of a Dungeons and Dragons, like super fan. Like he yeah. has like the, the books and everything. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, you, you could tell in our group chat, he got a little peeved when you were talking some smack about D and D. Yeah. Cause I, I have been dismissively calling this film quote nurch, which I think is uh fair. But uh, it's something that uh, you uh, and Mike and uh, seemingly other people uh, either don't agree with or don't care. I mean, I guess it's because you're employing the attitudes and approaches of like an 80s jock. <laughs> because I feel like what isn't nerd, you know what? I mean, in today's day and age, every like, come on, look around. I would say more jokingly like a 50s kind of jock. But sure, if you want to give me more leeway and say an 80s I jock, I'm, 80s. I was yeah. At least with 80s, you have Revenge of the Nerds. D&D is like in its the height of its popularity. I think D&D started in the 70s and then blew up even more and more. Like there was the satanic panic. Sure. But of course, we're not going to we're not going to do a deep dive, a documentary I mean, style discussion of Dungeons and Dragons, the game. That would make it. I think when it had the satanic panic, that was when it was actually as potentially coolest because it was like, oh, like people think counterculture. This is like, yeah. yeah people punk. think this is like, like, you know demonistic and you know uh satanic like as the dame would suggest so yeah i mean i think that's actually when it was cool now it's just you know the the culture i can meet you halfway where it's like it was cooler maybe when it was more underground it was a little bit more like you didn't have the internet you didn't have all the bells and whistles like now it's commoditized in such a way yeah um whereas in the 80s it was a little bit more sort of like you're really bucking the trend you're out you're outside the mainstream now it's basically mainstream but the plus side of that is people make D D out of 
all kinds of things. You can find D&D like remixes of things like people do Harry Potter D&D. Um, I created uh, an Incredibles D&D once. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a One Piece D&D. Like people just sort of take and run with it. There's, I think since the 80s, there was one for sci-fi. So it, it, the format is something, of course, that the medieval fantasy stuff predicated sure but and lives on so i'd say i would say people are like we, we live in a great era if you're a fan of this type of storytelling or this type of gameplay i think i remember you because you tried to do the incredible thing during the pandemic right like the height yeah of the pandemic. yeah i remember you tried to get me on that and i said absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> you know and, and look you know what's funny but well, you know what's fun about dungeons and dragons and, and it, it no ties idea. into the movie i know i know but <laughs> I think I think what people like about it, so I can share with you so you can get a little bit of insight. I don't know if, if people have really given you the time of day on this, but it really is one of those things like what makes it addicting, like what makes you sit down and want to play it for four to eight hours or however long. Like when I was playing with Maverick and Mike and them, we played like for long stretches because it, your imagination does so much work. It really is like like the style of this movie. It's like a make it up as you go along kind of thing where you're sure. really just going from thing to thing. You never know what's going to happen next. It just feels like anything can happen. And no, it's that. just sort of fun having that creative exercise with friends. It's like a catharsis of like creativity and like thinking on your feet and have and that thrill of playing a game all kind of mixed into one. That's what's fun about it, at least for me and a lot of other people. Oh, no, I mean, I, I actually have several friends who have uh, – played or do play Dungeons and Dragons, including my roommate, who I believe is actually playing it right now. Uh Hell yeah. in the other room. Uh y- your and- roommate is more like me and every time I hear about this person, sure. just, you know, fan of anime. <laughs> like yeah. Uh no, I've heard plenty about Dungeons and Dragons. My counter is I just genuinely can't care <laughs> like i'm talking the game i'm not I'm, I'm, the movie i went in well i get it mind. you can't get immersed into it which of course if that doesn't happen then it's, it's got to be extremely boring i i just don't really care about renaissance fantasy it's a one genre that like i just can't get into like the only exception would be lord of the rings which i actually do like a good bit okay uh everything else and to me i mean i think that's just because it follows like the traditional like hero's journey you actually kind of get you know like the you know the classic like hidden fortress uh you know idea of like you know you're kind of following it from the low man up yeah then hold on okay so if that's the issue if it's that you can't get sucked into the setting well no the the, the truth that's actually with that one is more just peter jackson's vision that's what i find really uh, okay and look yeah we've had this conversation before regarding like game of thrones and things like that it's just not your cup of tea but what you said like if it's not then it's not the game itself it's not the style of sitting down and like creating a character and doing all of that because you said no my incredibles one of course would you have said yes to one that you were interested in in terms of the setting like is there a setting you would be no i don't care what if there was a what if there was a charlie kaufman dungeons and dragons would you do okay well that would be a little interesting uh (laughs) okay see but i I couldn't find a group to do that (laughs) that would just be me never say never i mean (laughs) there are people who will do anything I mean, that would just end up being me writing a screenplay. <laughs> so I hear that, that, well, that, yeah. that is, I mean, how many stories, how many books and things have come out of Dungeons and Dragons campaigns? I mean, it, it requires but, uh, a lot of creativity there. If you're a sure, master, I mean, if you're the dungeon master. Uh, snarkiness and uh, sarcasm aside, I, I can see the appeal in the sense of like, you're given this template to be in this world and you get to control it. Like you get to do whatever you want. The same with video games in a lot of respects. Like it's the idea of like having the sense of like grandeur and like being transported with your friends and kind of making up, as you said, as you go along. I get that. That respect. I just don't really. Yeah, sure. I, I personally, it's not my thing. And when I play it the one time, 
uh, I just all I did was go to the ale house multiple times, partly because I didn't want to mess up my friend standing and I didn't know what was going on. And I didn't know what I was going to do if I took the wrong step or ruled the wrong number or whatever. But also, I just like to me, I just don't really have any interest in the, the adventure aspect of it. The the, you know, high lofty, you know, fantasy elements that you're referring to. It's just not not for me personally. But I will say I did go into this with an open mind. I knew it wasn't going to be made tailor made for me i mean i knew that going into it but i was like okay i'll, I'll at least give it a shot because <laughs> you know like similar other things you know there's been several times where things have come out and they're not exactly like what i would think are my thing but you know they, they, they come around on me I, I can i can see the appeal uh this one i mean uh before i saw it i don't know if it was before you saw it it was getting a lot of really good notices from uh south by southwest where it premiered yeah. uh and, uh, I mean, more than that, uh, it was, uh, from, uh, let me see if I remember their names, uh, John Francis Daly, yeah. uh, and, uh, Jonathan, uh, Goldstein. Yeah, you got it. Okay. Yeah. They, they are the directors uh, of Game Nights and also, right, um, Vacation. Yeah. yeah. Well, the Vacation reboot, remake, whatever that was exactly was terrible. That was a really bad movie. Uh, uh you know, but, I never saw it. I heard it's, some people consider it underrated, but you know, what are you going to do? Well, not me. Uh, yeah, I wasn't really a fan of their work prior to, cause I didn't like the horrible bosses. Uh, I, I actually, I was gonna say the movies, but I only saw the first one. Uh, you were a fan of Spider-Man homecoming, which sure, they, yeah, which they like, rewrote, right? I don't think they were yeah. like the original uh, screenwriter, but yeah, sure. I did like that fine. Uh, but yeah, game night to me was like such a surprise. And since like, not only did I find it to be very, uh, inspired, you know, very creative, uh, you know, engaging ensemble, dark comedy, but it has it's like cultural very, impact. I mean, people make the Frito Lay joke all the time. Yeah, but it's like a genuinely like well directed dark comedy. Like it's like you yeah. know very inventive, uh, playful in its direction, and it's very easy to see why Hasbro, uh, you know, maybe being very literal in this respect, saw the directors of Game Night and were like, "Hey, we have a game. <laughs> what if you guys uh, direct this movie?" But it also is fun because. Yeah. Uh, John Francis Daly was the star of uh, Freaks and Geeks, and like the yeah the final episode is uh, him playing Dungeons and Dragons. So, I, and I think they did a little promo thing where they brought back uh, a couple of the stars to like. You oh, know, did they? That's fun. As, as a little nod, yeah. I, I had the I didn't get a chance to watch the video, but I'd have to find it. I think you'd appreciate it. I never watched the episode, so I can't uh, I can't speak on it. So then, okay. Wait, in terms of Dungeons and Dragons, then it's it, they've tried to make Dungeons and Dragons movie before. So there was a movie that came out in the year 2000. Uh, it was a whole trilogy, but there were only one of them made it to theaters. The first one yeah, which, uh, uh, wasn't successful. Yeah, it was actually while I was waiting for you because you were doing your taxes before we recorded. Uh, I was actually watching that movie. So I watched about half of it before we about recorded. half. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the reception of that movie wasn't great. And, uh, you know, not hard to see why it made thirty three million dollars. So it, mm. it didn't make its budget back. Uh, so it didn't get another it didn't get a sequel. Um, but uh, what, what did you think of the first half? Wait, I thought you said it did get a sequel. I thought it was a trilogy. In theaters, it didn't get a theater oh, in, a sequel in theaters. So the the sequels went to, um, I think the second one went to video, and then or maybe the th- oh maybe maybe one of them was like a TV hmm. movie. I want to say okay, and so one of them was a direct to video. D and D more like DVD. <laughs> um, <Wow>. Incredible. <laughs> uh, we have fun. Um, any case, uh, I, I I'll say. I mean, 
Uh, I can see why people don't like it. Uh, it it's uh, one person I follow on Letterbox described it as both dull and shrill, which is pretty true. <laughs> um, especially because like they rely very heavily on Marlon Wayans as the comedic relief, and he's just there to run and scream and and uh, kind of make fun of the premise of the film. But I mean, there's there's some goofy uh, fun charm to it. Like Jeremy Irons is really hamming it up uh in it uh there's some you know good uh goofy low rent uh practical effects like it, it kind of has a feel of like they got they had the budget of maybe like two episodes of uh xena and they just kind of ran with it and so there's like some goofy makeup and all that but yeah it's not a good movie it's very generic it's very apparent that they're kind of trying to chase the high of the first star wars with like a dash of uh uh, Indiana Jones and it just ten percent uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, it's not <laughs> good. First one. Yeah, I mean, and I remember like, when it was coming out. I mean, I remember th- there was like a resurgence of the Satanic Panic for that movie. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. There was a bit of a like, oh yeah, Christians shouldn't watch this movie, mm. you know? Because I went to like a Christian school, and then it was, I was going to say, so the whole thing about it. Would you have played Dungeons and Dragons earlier? Kind of similar to how you found Harry Potter later in life. It wasn't for your religious upbringing. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, I, well, I found uh, Harry Potter much earlier than Dungeons and Dragons because I was able to watch the Harry Potter movies, at least, like, secretly, you know, even if I couldn't read the books because I didn't, like, my friends would let me borrow them, and uh, obviously I knew I would get caught, but, uh, yeah, I was able to watch the movies on the sly. Your um, friends. In terms of Dungeons and Dragons, yeah, I didn't have any friends growing up who played it, you okay. know, and nobody was really into it that I knew of, at least. Um, you know, maybe there were people and they just didn't want to play with me. That's that's entirely possible. Yeah, because... Uh... No, it wasn't our thing. Yeah, I mean, we were into I, we were into Yu-Gi-Oh. That was the thing. Oh yeah, well, not Pokemon. We were into Pokemon too. Yeah, Yu-Gi-Oh um, was a bigger deal, though. I think. Oh man, that's definitely not true of my upbringing, but to each their own. I, I feel like I feel like Pokemon was more early elementary school. It was around. It was the same time as Harry Potter, but that like the Pokemon trading cards. But then Yu-Gi-Oh was more of like later elementary school, like fifth mm. grade, sixth grade. See, I remember Yu-Gi-Oh was like like Pokemon. Well, everyone was doing Pokemon, especially in the early two yeah, thousands. But it uh, faded for me. Like for me, Pokemon had kind of faded by like by the time I was like fifth, sixth grade. Like man, people weren't into it anymore. Uh, Yu Gi Oh had like some appeal, I think, for like a year or two. But then like after that, I remember like if you were playing Yu Gi Oh, you were like automatically like the dorkiest dude. <laughs> like Hell you yeah. just that uh, was me. That was me and my crew. That was like yeah. instantly like you're not getting laid. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, to your credit, I mean, we did stop playing like once we discovered, you know, girls and you know sure. all that fun stuff. Yeah, I never. But, uh, uh, I don't know if I ever saw a woman play. I mean, that's to say women weren't playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I just say I don't know if I ever saw a woman play Yu-Gi-Oh. But that's neither here nor there. We uh, did. We, there were there were girls who would play and stuff. Yeah, sure, I'm, I'm not saying there weren't. Um, yeah. I'm not offended, but I am disappointed. In <laughs> I mean, I will say that. I mean. I, I do remember uh, Dungeons and Dragons kind of had that stigma. Like, I feel like the satanic panic aspect wasn't uh, it wasn't as around as much when I was in my formative years. So, like, I feel like that was mm-hmm. kind of before my time. But I feel like for most of my life, it was kind of like seen as like, oh, that's just like dorky, nerdy stuff. Like, kind of like Star Trek. I mean, like, us too, yeah. Like, but it I feel was, like people it was just didn't. Niche. Yeah. And I think, like, it became much more popular uh, when the internet really started to blow up <clears throat> and social media too, because like, yeah, once 2009, 2010 rolls around like that decade, I think it expanded and just blew up things like critical role. Mm. We started getting podcasts that have like entire D and D campaigns. Sure. I mean, just look at the McElroy brothers or uh, uh, they, Harmontown. 
Harmontown was like the first one that I ever really came across. That community episode in, I want to say 2000, what was it, 2010, 2011, where it's a whole Dungeons and Dragons thing. I mean, I didn't even know that that's really how you play Dungeons and Dragons until I watched that episode. Like, I didn't fully understand how it worked. Uh, until I watched that as like a 19 year old being like, Oh, you just kind of sit around. Huh? I thought you like read a book or something. I, I didn't get it. Like I think Dexter's laboratory had like an episode that where they had the die or something. And it just kind of blew past me. I, I don't know. But, um, that certainly like once community kind of covered it, it just, it sort of gave it a permission structure. Like people started to be like, Oh, adults can like really be, this isn't just for kids and teens, mm. I think was more of the the stereotype. But then people started to find that like, you know, that's the other hard thing about playing the game before the internet or before the internet, you know, reached the stage that it did with social media. Who do you play with? Like people don't really want to like, you have to get into a basement. Everybody has to get together to do it. It's much easier to do it online. That said, I discovered it more like with a group of friends and we did play it in person. Um, I've tried playing it a couple times online and it just, it just doesn't have that same, like, I don't know, for me at least, like that same energy where I want to keep doing it, it felt a little bit more fleeting when I tried to, to play with like strangers from other places. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and not to say that there was a precedent for that. Like, I think, uh, I feel like for me in my form of years, like World of Warcraft was the um, the thing that kind of took over the Dungeon and Dragon craze in the 2000s. Mm. But yeah. That I mean, really just, didn't really pick up for me until like late high school to college when that just, poof, everywhere. No. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it does seem like Dungeons and Dragons has kind of taken the fire back in that respect. Uh, and yeah, I mean... Enough to get a new movie. Sure, yeah. But I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I was trying to place where exactly the craze started. I want to say like it was, yeah, like you said, maybe around like the like mid-2010s. But I feel like it really was a pandemic that kind of uh, pushed this forward in a big way. Like you said, I think because so. Yeah. Well, Cause I, I think, I think McElroy brothers more so than Harmontown. And I think I want to say that that was, yeah, like mid 20 teens, like not quite pandemic, but then I did, I do think it hit another resurgence during the pandemic to, to what you're saying. Right. I just feel like, like it was something that like uh, in the two thousands, like I didn't know anybody that played dungeon dragons, at least no one that said mm-hmm. they did. And then, like, in the 2010s, like, when I was, like, in and out of college, like, I, I might have heard, like, a couple people, like, yeah, I do Dungeons & Dragons. Like, oh, that's kind of quirky. Whatever. That's fun. Okay. Um, but then, yeah, like, I feel like in recent years, like, now I have at least, like, four or five friends, uh, probably more at this point, they're like, oh, yeah, like, I can't meet for this day because I have to do, uh, you know, D&D with my group at this day. And it's like, man, like, this is really, like, taking off. And I got it, like, during the <laughs> pandemic, like there's sounds like you're in a horror on. movie where yeah. you're just kind of like it's changing and you're, you know it's getting chilly outside well, and you know i mean that was uh, part of the reason why i did that one time like i mean in addition to like helping out my friend it was kind of just like okay like i kind of just want to get this like i don't really yeah. I, i'm very much an outsider here uh i just kind of want to understand i still don't really understand it but like i can at least like theoretically i can see the appeal of this for sure i mean i just it does seem like it is kind of taking off in a big way but yeah enough so to now there's a new film it makes sense that like enough time has passed from that first one that people don't really remember it or they remember it very like snootedly just like oh yeah like we don't talk about that movie yada 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 yeah Um, i think too it's it's really a great time to release a movie like this if we can kind of pivot into the review here because i feel like if they had done this a movie like this only really works when fantasy is main 
mainstream enough that people can watch it who don't know what Dungeons and Dragons is, but because they do know Lord of the Rings, they do know Game of Thrones and The Witcher, they can kind of watch this and catch the gist of like the fantasy tropes that's being played for laughs. Because this is a comedy at heart. It's an action comedy emphasis on the comedy. It's the game night, guys, we expect. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was going to say, I mean, it was more of a comedy than I expect, only since like I thought I remember... They were like, like initially when it was announced that they were going to do it, everyone was like, oh, this is going to be like a big goof. And they were like, no, 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 we'll take it a little seriously. Like, they were kind of trying to downplay, like, it's going to be a comedy. Then, like, as soon as this movie starts, it's like, oh, yeah, this is just a total farce. Like, like they're not taking this, like, seriously in the broad sense. But I mean, like, in the sense, like, they are respectful, I guess, of the fantasy genre elements, but they're, they're also, like, trying to satirize it. And I feel like that kind of gets into some of my issues with the movie, but we can Maybe. discuss well, that later. I mean, my, my initial take on that is I do think that when it comes to the lore, the world building, like the magic stuff and how all that works, they do not take that seriously. They wave things away. They make sure. jokes. They use it to like it to like amplify the comedy. But when it comes to like the character work, the relationships, the, the yeah, emotional I, stuff, they do I take mean, yeah. that stuff seriously. Yeah, I mean, it's, it seems to be very much taking the Guardians of the Galaxy approach to this. Like, yeah, it's Guardians sort of like, has been referenced a lot as a, a yeah. big influence on this movie. Yeah, you kind of get like the even down to the structure. Right. But also in the sense of like, it's also weirdly kind of doing the Thor Ragnarok approach, even though we haven't had like two other traditional Dungeon <laughs> Dragons movies. Like it's kind of like acting like we're parroting the, the previous Dungeon Dragon movies, even though technically outside of that that first one, 2000, we haven't really had them. I, I think uh, that's why like and the reason i think this movie is working for a lot of people is i think that it it doesn't need other films like in its own space it has lord of the rings it has things like Baldur's gate and neverwinter things that it references like you know for the for the people who know those references and easter eggs yeah and then um I, I, I mean, it's funny though you mentioned it because I was just thinking, like, man, that 2000 movie came out probably at the exact wrong time, right? Because it's it like, did, yeah. after the, the 80s, you know, craze or whatever, the nine, late, eight, late 80s, early 90s craze, or even the 70s. But then, like, yeah, like just before Lord of the Rings kind of mm-hmm. like gets people excited about fantasy. So, yeah, they really timed that one poor. But I will say, to their credit, they definitely planned this one much better for sure. And, and yeah, it was hard to release any kind of competing thing like a Dungeons and Dragons when Lord of the Rings is at its peak and people are getting sick of it. And then people with Game of Thrones, they were kind of getting sick of it. But I feel like enough time has passed. We haven't had like a major fantasy, like everybody is watching this type of show or movie, unless I'm forgetting something like the major one that people thought that might be the case is Wheel of Time, which, you know, is is a show like people are watching, but it's not like a, a big phenomenon. It's not something a lot of people know about. I mean, I do think The Witcher is pretty popular, but it seems like the seasons Enough are time so... has passed with Witcher, though, right? They, they released the seasons intermittently. The first That's one was in saying, 2019. Yeah. 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 Um, and I guess, like, House of Dragon is sort of there, but I feel like it's not... At mm-hmm. least that first season isn't quite taking off in the same respect as uh, um, Game of Thrones. But In terms of the ratings, yes. Like, a lot of people watch that show. But yes. it, it's, it's interesting because, like, the ratings are about the same as The Last of Us. But it's more impressive for The Last of Us because we're talking about ratings mm-hmm. that Game of Thrones would also have at certain right. parts of its run. And Last of Us kind of came out of nowhere by comparison, a video game adaptation, sure. of course. But it started off with like much lower ratings, the like higher ratings than expected, much lower than House of the Dragon at its peak. But by the time Last of Us finished, it had the word of mouth, it had the buzz and the cultural impact to be neck and neck almost with House of the Dragon, sure. which is super impressive. But I right. mean, still, it, it still feels like 
like it is get more Game of Thrones stuff and it doesn't feel like we're saturated, at least to me. Like you might disagree, but I don't think we're super saturated with fantasy stuff at the moment, especially I when mean, it comes to movies. I don't know, because cause there was also that Lord of the Rings show that Amazon did. And I feel Which like that also didn't go over super well. Yeah, did the, I mean, but it was popular, right? Like even people watched it. Was it? I mean, I know I people know. watched it. I know people who watched it. I think way more people watched House of the Dragon, though. I mean, I think more people watch Lord of the Rings than Wheel of Time. I mean, at least from what I can tell. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean, you were saying like that's like the thing, but I'm, like, I'm not hearing anyone talk about that show. No, yeah. And, and I think like the only people talking about Wheel of Time are Wheel of Time fans. Like it just didn't sure. quite hit with people who, but that's the thing. There are a lot of Wheel of Time fans. So the, anyway, the show has an audience, but you know, it doesn't have like the person watching it who doesn't know what it is and is like obsessed with it now. It doesn't sure. have like fandom energy. Uh, maybe that's another way to look at it. Suffice Does to Dungeons say, and Dragons have fandom yeah. energy? Kind uh, of. A yeah, little bit. I don't know. I mean, I do say, I mean, this movie is going over better than i certainly anticipate because i mean i've talked to you and mike about this already like i thought this movie was just gonna outright bomb especially coming in between john Wick i think 4. i said it was a coin toss i don't know. i mean you were certainly more hopeful i think you were more optimistic in the sense of like you want this to do well i was just kind of like i just feel like it's coming smack dab in the middle of two big movies obviously john yeah. wick 4 and mario which is almost certainly gonna kill uh next week i mean i have yeah. no idea uh what this is going to do later, but it seems like, you know, people are enjoying the movie, like not just critics. Uh, it, it is, seems like audiences are really responding to, I think it is, like you said, like people are aware of game of Thrones or game of Thrones. Or people are aware of Dungeons and Dragons enough, but they may not even, uh, really revere like the, the rules and stuff like that, or they're kind of maybe going into it a little skeptical. So the fact the movie is so, uh, irreverent to that and kind of just playing it up, but not like irreverent to sense where it's like, you know, crude to it or like, you know, maybe, uh, you know, acting like they're they're better than the game or anything, but like acting, yeah. but also trying to like 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 if like the jokiest kid in your class decided to join in on uh, your sesh of D and D and was See? just like you know playing along with it, but also like kind of making fun of it at the same time. That feels like the tone of the film here. I do think that the high critic scores, especially early on and that buzz, helped this movie a lot because what it did was I think that it it assured people who were aware of Dungeons and Dragons and maybe interested to give it a shot the first week. And I think the real test is next week. Are those people going to be able, is that word of mouth going to translate to the next phase of like audiences to come out and watch this? And I think it's a very high possibility because i know a lot of people who did go out and see it who don't know what dungeons and dragons is would not have watched this movie if not for the positive buzz and they're being like yeah that was really great and then that's how that sort of thing spreads and with mario i don't know if the 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 two movies could even help each other for all we know but i mean i'm not expecting it to like i could i could still see it bombing it's made 71.5 million dollars so far uh has a 150 million dollar budget and still it's really good you know, for just a few days uh, at the box office, it's better than a lot of people were expecting. It's solid. And at the same time, it has a high budget. So, you know, right. if, it, if it's going to break even, that I think that that is a victory. It, it's going to warrant a sequel where they maybe could do even bigger numbers with that sort of foundation, that that positive or that uh, that sort of solid like goodwill that people could have toward this as a franchise. Even if it bombs, I could see them being like, hey, you know what? If we maneuver this a little bit better, the next one could be even bigger and, and we could be in the black. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but I guess we should review it. I mean, I think it. I, I, I could see it doing better in a sense of like, obviously, John Wick's an R-rated film in primarily 
uh, adults. And then Mario, while it is for all audiences, it is aiming primarily for like a young kid audience. And this is it's like animated. going for yeah. yeah this so for, like, and there are a lot of people teens. who aren't going to get into it for that reason. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of more for, like, teenagers or, like, preteens or whatever. So, I mean, I could see a world where, like, they're not really directly interfering with one another and they could all kind of live harmoniously at the box office, but I don't really know. I could also see people watching this because they like Marvel movies and they might be getting a Marvel vibe from, like, the style of movie that this is. Because so many Marvel movies are action comedies with some heist elements. Right. But I feel like that was why I was expecting it to kind of flop, because I feel like people are just getting over Marvel at this point. I feel like it's like... that's the thing It's like maybe they're over Marvel as the brand or like that type of movie. And they're like, Oh, I have to watch another one of these. And right. this long, here's like a new thing that's like kind of related to something sure. that they do know it has some name recognition, but it's new. They don't need to watch anything else. It's standalone. If they understand that, maybe they don't, maybe they're like, Oh, did I have to watch the other Dungeons and Dragons? But the, here's the thing. They might not even know that there is another Dungeons that's and Dragons. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's a, yeah. That movie that, I mean, it just really kind of uh, didn't make any big, pop culture imprint like i said if it did it's people being like uh we don't talk about that movie like you know it's which like- makes me wonder why they didn't just call this dungeons and dragons uh because i know there is an, another one to call it but i mean studios do that all the time i think sure. adding the honor among thieves only confuses i think people yeah. um i don't know that might have been I mean, like a, an unforced error there the funny thing is that like that's kind of a more fitting title for the other one because they keep saying Honor Among Thieves in the um, 2000s one. And that's like hmm. kind of like a big code that follows a character. So it's this weird sort of thing where it's like, essentially, you could just switch the titles. No, it wouldn't be much mean, different. <laughs> yeah, who knows? But uh, all right. So the movie itself, uh, we've already mentioned a lot of uh, like who made it, of course. But to repeat, uh, Jonathan Goldstein and John Francis Daly direct. Uh, they uh, co-wrote the screenplay with Michael Gilio's story. Credit goes to Chris McKay as well. And uh, it is set uh, around, like, the world of the tabletop game. Uh, it's in the Forgotten Realms campaign, which I'm sure Will Ashen understands and appreciates and is glad that I referenced. <laughs> um, uh, and I think we've already established has no connection whatsoever to the, the, the film trilogy. Uh, the trilogy, as we mentioned, first one was in 2000. The second one, I think, was like a TV movie. I looked it up because I was like, I, was, I forgot. Uh, the third one went straight to video in 2012. So it's been over a decade since yeah. uh, a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Uh, less time than people might realize. Yeah. But um, this new movie stars Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Roger Jean Page, Justice Smith, Sophia Lillis, and Hugh Grant. It, it's hard to go through the plot of it because I, it, I found this. I found this like as I was doing my review. If I try to like explain the plot like in any kind of detail, it. I have to explain this, and then I kind of have to explain this too, and then I have to reveal this thing that maybe people don't want to know until they watch the movie. So I think like the simplest way to express it is Chris Pine is like a a thief character. He used to be a good guy. He Mm -hmm. became a thief, and he and his best friend, his best friend is Michelle Rodriguez's character, who's a barbarian. So he's like a musician, bard, thief character. She's a barbarian with an axe, and they form up like a team of like former allies and new, like one former ally and two new allies to help them find a bunch of magical items and do all this stuff, save Chris Pine's character's daughter, uh, who's in the clutches of somebody who betrayed them a long time ago and uh, their party 
you know, their their friends include uh, Justice Smith plays a so uh, so sorcerer uh, who's kind of good in magic, kind of not, kind of still finding himself. Sophia Lillis is a door uh, named Doric, and she is a tiefling druid. And I haven't played Dungeons and Dragons enough to really know the differences of all those things. I have been told that apparently she does things that tiefling druids can't do, and apparently that really ruffled up the community. But uh, again, uh, Will already let me know that he's not going to bring that up too much because he's decided to forgive the movie uh, because he was among those offended. I was gonna say there was like controversy, right, with like Hasbro and D and D. I think I remember was hearing there? something about. I I don't know. Like they they put their foot down on like uh, I want to say like rip off versions, but like versions that weren't necessarily like Hasbro related. Now I I I saw like an article. I don't even know if I read more than the paragraph because I was like I don't care. <laughs> okay, um, I'll say this. Look, the thing that I I don't like about this movie is that when it does come to the plot machinations, how they get to things, what they're doing, it is a little bit like, they, I know they're trying to mimic the game and be like, oh, we're kind of improvising as we go. It gets a little frustrating at times. There's a lot of like, oh, we got to go find the thing to do the thing. And they try to pl- they try to lampshade it. They try to be like, we know, we know, we're, we find it funny too. And if they had done that once or twice, I would have been fine. They do it like five or six times, and eventually it gets a little old. Uh, I think the villains in here are not that interesting. I think like Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant is kind of like smarming it up, but you can kind of tell he what he wasn't really sort of like filming a lot of this movie. He's not in this movie that much, and the rest of the villains are just kind of one note. Where this movie does have me is I think the comedy is there. I think it's hilarious. I think that they are always finding funny like not just jokes but actual like settings like things that are like funny by construction which does reek of like what they did with game night i think most people will look at a a particular uh sequence involving like undead zombies that's just really fun it's kind of like what DD is about it's just put put us in like a weird situation and it's just talking to characters or trying to like figure things out but then making logic mistakes and and stuff like that i think that's where this movie hits its stride uh where it doesn't hit its stride it also i'll say too like the, the effects are a bit shoddy it's charming enough because it's not taking itself so seriously that like you expect the effects to be great um but i do think that some of the action here is good uh, i enjoyed some of the se- the set pieces and you know i think that that they kind of got that down uh but yeah when it comes to like the details like i don't think the heist is that interesting or anything but i think this movie won me over so much with the comedy that i easily overlook some of those you know, little nitpicks there. Uh, but Will, what do, what do you think of uh, Dungeons & Dragons Honor Among Thieves? Have you no honor in your review? Because I feel like you're about to go off. Yeah, I'm not not crazy about this movie, and I'm kind of surprised that people are liking it. But um, I am also not super surprised, because I think... You're not the only critic. I've read some of the negative reviews, and in, I, I'm getting a lot of that, like, am I, like, the only one here who notices that this movie isn't good? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, well... I will say the the comedy for me did not work at all. Like there's only the only scene that like I thought worked in the comedic sense was the one you're referring to at that graveyard. And that's mainly because they set up the joke. It's funny. And then also I love the use of um, practical effects in that scene. It it very much is uh, reminiscent of uh, Army of Darkness. Yeah. Yeah. Sam Raimi, Army of Darkness. Yeah. I mean, that's like where the movie is clearly at its most fun. And I I will give you that. I think some of the, the action scenes are, you know, charming and fun because they're pretty inventive like there's one uh involving or actually there are two scenes uh involving sophia uh lillis that i thought were pretty fun and inventive yeah. the first one is like 
you know, it's meant to be like this kind of long uh, wonder. Obviously, it's digitally stitched together, but uh, where like she's transforming into like these different, uh, you know, or she's rather shape stitching into different people and things and animals uh, to kind of get into the the castle and get out. I thought that was fun and inventive. And there's another one where they're like they're trying to get into a crate using like a mirror and different things. And it's that that stuff. I wish the movie had more of that, and I wish the movie had a lot less of the sort of like flop sweat comedy that's trying to do throughout mainly because well for one i just didn't think it was very good uh and that's all subjective sure but i feel like for me the bigger issue is that the movie seems to be kind of embarrassed by itself a lot and i don't think that's the case for the filmmakers because they've talked you know at length about how much they love the franchise i mean obviously john francis daly has a, a history with it um so i don't think it's you know uh, you know, coming from an insincere place as, as far as their intentions are concerned. But I just felt like the comedy just is constantly undermining the action. Uh, it, it feels like the same sort of joke told over and over and over and over again. It's mostly just characters belittling each other for like, you know, like you said, kind of believing the rules or playing into the game. And I just didn't feel like it really fit the Dungeons & Dragons aesthetic. It just felt like it was kind of doing a generic uh, sort of MacGuffin-based plot, which is obviously in the vein of the recent or maybe like past decade of Marvel movies. It just didn't, I don't know, it didn't really uh, work for me. And I felt like I would have actually preferred, uh, and this is where I know people are going to be, be, I guess, surprised based on what I was saying before and, and go against company. I wish it wasn't trying to be funny throughout. I wish it kind of took the facts, like Lord of the Rings approach and just kind of played seriously. I know the Poe face idea of it would turn maybe most people off, I feel like would be more interesting to me if it actually kind of takes itself a little seriously as opposed to just kind of constantly undermining things to the point where there's no weight and no emotional stakes for most of the action and uh, the characters even. Uh, I mean, first, uh, to respond directly to that, I think that it's really hard to make a movie like that work these days because in order to do that, it has to be R-rated. It has to be, which is maybe fine, but it it has to kind of be more of a Game of Thrones. It has to have, you know, gratuitous violence and sex scenes and i think it does to make to please people like not to be good i think it can be good without those things but i think that if you try to make a movie like that people just don't want to watch it or people don't think it's for adults unless it has like a checklist of things that make it edgy and i think that's just sort of the appetite of like general audiences that we have to deal with and that if we want something more nuanced it has to be more like indie fair i mean literally Lord of the Rings proved that wrong. Like it's, you can easily it did, do, but yeah. that's the thing is like, they, they keep trying to like, every time they try to do something like that again, something that is sort of grand and kind of almost like, like wholesome, I think is like kind of what you're getting at. I think what ends up happening is people just don't care. They didn't care about ring of power, which was kind of like along those lines. And they don't care about wheel of time, which is more along those lines, like that sure. high fantasy sort of thing. It but just, that- I mean, I think I think people aren't going to watch it unless it's like a comedy or something right now. I mean, maybe that's true. I don't know. I'm just saying that I think Dungeons and Dragons has the advantage, though, of I mean, obviously has more cultural awareness than Wheel of Time. And then I think the Amazon Lord of the Rings series is always going to be sort of uh, hindered by the fact that people are always going to compare it to the Peter Jackson films. Like it's never going to be looked at as its own thing. Well, the tougher thing is that we're talking about Tolkien. And I think that like right. trying to replicate Tolkien is another part of the issue. Very few people have done it. And I think like, look at the Harry Potter movies. Like, you know, I think exactly. that is closer maybe to what you're talking about. You kind of need something that has that like cachet, right? But Dungeons and Dragons doesn't have that in the same way. Dungeons and Dragons is not a game that's like 
every at least when I've played it, we make a lot of jokes. It is funny. No, get, you don't take it seriously what, all the time. No, so I don't I think you can. The, yeah, I make it. That's what they're trying to do. I yeah. think they overdo it. Like I think the fact and I think is that's that, true to the game, though. Okay. Well, quite honestly. I mean, Maybe that's why I don't like the game, because <laughs> I just feel like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, and that's fine. it's supposed to be about escapism, though, I thought. Right. Is that the whole point of? Well, yeah, but you can escape. I think. Yeah. I mean, I get what you're saying, because like I like the show The Legend of Vox Machina, which has two seasons on Amazon, and it is sort of like taking the piss out of fantasy a bit. Um, it is more like it, it's kind of, it's a lot like this movie. I mean, I think this movie, I already mentioned Critical Role, which Vox Machina is based on, but it is sort of taking that sort of like we know that, you know. Like, th- this is all a bit out there. So we're going to have, like, a lot of fun with it. And, I mean, maybe the balance isn't quite there for you, which I understand. But the thing I, I most vehemently disagree with you about is I don't think this movie is ashamed of itself at all. I don't think because it's cracking jokes and having fun about this stuff that means it's ashamed. I think, if anything, it's it's just leaning into it. The idea that, like, his loot just pops out out of nowhere, that he, like, literally slides on the on his back with the loot and it's not damaged at all. Like, they know what they're doing here. Like, they know that it's just sort of, like... It's it's out there, but I think that the people will still watch it and will appreciate it for that reason more so than they would if it constantly was like taking itself, you know, if it was being overly dramatic. No, I get that. That's why they're doing it. To me, though, I feel like it's overkill. Like to the point where they're they're so trying to sand the edges off of this thing that it just becomes more generic and more nondescript. It just doesn't feel like anything to me. Like there's no stakes to me. Like it doesn't feel like there's like any emotionality to it. And anytime they do try to establish things, I don't really get invested because it's just going to be undermined a moment or two later by That's a character I feel like making the, a quip. See, the stakes for me is like I was I was invested with, you know, Justice Smith's character actually, you know, like I was not at all rising above and, you know, dealing with like his inadequacies. I I certainly found like the Chris Pine character like genuinely conflicted about his past and his guilt for what happened to his wife and how he wants his daughter back. And yeah, I, I thought that that stuff like I, I don't I didn't have I didn't see scenes where, you know, he would try to do that. And then it would just like all of a sudden joke out of nowhere that would like completely mm. just like deflate the whole scene like. Maybe that happened once or twice, but I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, to me, the only characters... I mean, I think Michelle Rodriguez is not a particularly great actress, but I think she's well cast here. Like, I think they know her Mm -hmm. strengths, and I think they're playing that fine. She's doing this. I think she's okay. But I think she, like, serves a point. Uh, For me, it's like, obviously, Chris Pine is an undeniable movie star, and, like, he's really, like, working hard to, like, you know charm his way into making this material work in my opinion like i think he's a walking ken doll sure i mean well no that's a but he has the the charisma i know but i don't i don't i feel like he's more he would have been better cast than that but i mean i get it Uh, i think look chris pine i've said it before i'll say it a million more times he's the best chris Mm. um of the hollywood chris's this much is true I mean, I I, I kind of wish he did better projects uh, of late, but I mean that's another that's uh, you know another matter. Um, sure. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think he's you know well serviced here. I think he you know obviously is doing the Star Lord thing, but I think it works fine. Like he's like you know taking it you know seriously enough, but also kind of doing the Harrison Ford like get a load of this isn't this kind of goofy mentality, which I, I get. Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sophia Lewis or Lewis. Sophia Lewis. Uh, yeah. Uh, Sophia Lewis is, uh, I think she's pretty charming in this. I think, you know, she she plays it sincere. And I think she's actually hitting the right enough tone here. Like, dry sense of humor, but taking it seriously enough. Um, Hugh Grant, I wish I was more on his, 
level here. I just didn't think he had anything funny or interesting to do in this movie. Yeah, I agree um, with you there. Uh, what about yeah, Rene I mean, Jean Page? He's not in the movie a ton. Sure, and he's clearly I, trying to do the Drax thing. Uh, I guess, but I, I don't know. It's not that much. Like, there are moments where he does that, but he's just sort of like, yeah, I know, but, you know, why why would you talk this way? Say what you mean. Like, yeah, I think that he's so smug, but, like, in a polite way. There was something I did find kind of interesting about his performance, and I'm glad they don't overuse him. I think that uh, his whole, like, construction as a character kind of kills the plot in a lot of ways. Like, mm. he's too competent. But uh, in the parts but, that he was in, I thought he was interesting. I mean, uh that scene with him though when they're like they're going through the uh, like the fortress or whatever felt mm-hmm. the most actually D to me like i felt like okay this actually feels like you're adapting dungeons and dragons like i know they can't do this throughout because obviously you know it uh, wouldn't be you know very compelling but i i <laughs> felt like that was like the only time where they actually were like honoring the source material yeah there's also like I mean, that's the only scene with a dragon in it, too. Uh, uh, yeah, and they're in a dungeon, sort of. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. But I, I get what you're saying. But, I mean, it, in the game, you do a lot of, like, like there's a tournament sort of thing. There's an arena sort of thing. It's based around a heist. That's very D&D as well. I, I would push back a little bit there. I'd, I'd say D&D is so varied. It has such a spectrum of sure. what dungeon masters, like, put their characters through. And I think, if anything, I do think this movie kind of covers the gamut. If there's one thing I think that it was a little bit too short on, it was, like, to what something you brought up earlier going to the tavern and kind of like starting a ruckus or something like we didn't get that I, much of that yeah i mean i was gonna say i mean all the scenes in the ale house i was just like oh this is very similar to my experience playing this game yeah <laughs> especially drinking a few beers of my own when i was trying to get through a little it. of it yeah but not a ton but you know yeah not i wish i had me. some i wish i had some ale watching this movie i'll tell you that much and, and yeah, it's not that I fully disagree with all, all of that you said. I think we both agree that, yeah, a lot of this movie is generic, like 100%, like the plot and sort of what characters are trying to do and, and sort of how this thing plays off. I think where we disagree is where we disagree. I, it's interesting that um, it, it, there is like a contingent of critics that you're part of that, uh, and we'll play the Rotten Tomatoes game, so you'll see how much, how big that contingent is. But uh, they, they're saying the same thing as you, and, and it, it is interesting to me, to me that divide. And I do think it does come down to like, if you like the comedy as much as I do or close, I do think a lot of the stuff that you're finding in here maybe just isn't that big of a deal. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I will say, I mean, the thing I, I probably appreciate the most is that they do actually kind of work around like, you know, I mean, it is a pretty big budget film, but it's not like as big as, uh, you know, like some of the $300 million productions that we've gotten of late. So they do do a fun mix of like, actual cg effects and practical effects and i think all the practical effects are a lot of fun like there's a scene that you're referring to with the bridgerton guy where he's like helping like some like lady get like a or what was it like a whale or something like have like a cat person yeah 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 and this and is renee like, jean page he, yeah he was yeah. in bridgerton to, for people I, don't know yeah i never watched bridgerton and i will say him next to uh chris pratt it felt pretty apparent to me like okay chris pratt is a movie star this guy He's a TV yeah. star, but not. I mean, his his performances is fine. Um, he's he's deliberately trying to hold back the charm or whatever. So I I understand, but uh, yeah, I mean, like stuff like that, and obviously I mentioned the the graveyard scene, which was uh, you know, obviously uh, where it felt the most Raimi esque. I was like, okay, yeah, sure, I'm fine with this. Uh, and obviously I love Army of Darkness, so if it had that tone, I'd be all about it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe they were trying to go for that and it didn't work for me, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. wasn't Wasn't my thing. I, I'm sorry to say. 
No worries. Yeah, it's understandable, if anything. And uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting much <laughs> for for I wasn't expecting you to like this much. But, but yeah, I, I mean, I went in. I mean, I, I honestly went into this hoping for the I wasn't like, of course, but like we could both be yeah. honest and be like expecting the best, but like being aware of like right. the chances aren't great. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, it, it would have been an uphill battle, even if this was <laughs> under the best of circumstances. I'm not sure why the budget is as big as it is. I mean, you do have big names in this that obviously contributes. Uh, I think they shot in a bunch of places, Iceland and Ireland. Um, I think uh, there are a lot of special effects, even if not all the special effects are that great. I think this movie won't age super well with the CGI, but I think that's okay. It's not the kind of movie because it's, it's got sort of that money Python, like, you know, it doesn't need to be flashy for, for you to like it. Yeah. And, um, I mean, obviously with the practical effects, it seems like it's kind of going for that eighties vibe anyway. So it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a little rough around the edges, but that kind of fits the movie's vibe. Um, so otherwise I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I think that if they do make another one of these, they might get an even bigger budget or might try to like kind of do the same thing, but like maybe, maybe get more out of the budget than they did the first time. Who knows? Uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but, uh, so far, it definitely is looking uh, kind of interesting because I, I know that they were also talking about doing a spinoff show uh, kind of related to this where they may be doing sort of uh, this. This plan might get killed, honestly, because they, they were talking about doing this like when Disney Plus and like where we had more of the Marvel thing where like Marvel's putting out shows and movies. I think some of that shine has kind of really evaporated with Marvel and Disney. So I don't know if it'll still happen, but they kind of want to do the same thing for Dungeons and Dragons. Who knows? Uh, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Well, uh, Daily has said uh, that they don't they, they didn't have an intention to make a sequel when they came on board to make mm-hmm. the movie. But uh, if they did come back to do another movie, they would they would continue with these characters. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I should preface, I guess this is Paramount, not Disney that uh, is involved with this. But yeah, I mean, it seems very. Yes. And they do have a, well, I mean, they do have their own streaming service, but they've also had some issues. Uh, sure. Halo wasn't uh, the big hit that they wanted it to be. Did that get canceled? Uh, did it get canceled? I don't I'll know. Double check. I have no idea. Uh, I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I mean, it's a super expensive show and people didn't watch. <laughs> like, it got, some people watch, I know, but like. Wasn't it supposed it, to be all right, though? Like it was, yeah. it got like, I watched okay some of these. it. It was, it was yeah. okay. I, I, yeah. yeah. But that's the thing. This needed to be a juggernaut. This needed to generate so needed much, to be you know, the last of us. <laughs> it did. Yeah. yeah. No, genuinely. Right. Um, that's what I mean. I'm not, yeah, I'm not joking. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I think Paramount is very, uh, I don't know. I, it seems like they're maybe they weren't sure what the house going to do, but they, they were secretly hoping Halo does have like, a second season. Yeah. They, they started shooting it in September. So they're, they're, uh, it's coming out. Okay. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, they were, I think secretly hoping this would be a franchise starter and maybe yeah. it will be, I have no idea. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, not what I'm really, uh, eager to seek out, but we did, we did talk happy. about it more than I thought we would. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, we, we had some goose. We laughed about, <laughs> I'm sure Mike somewhere is, you know, screaming we his head off. Lane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. And I think you you said you have been spoiled on a couple things for the movie. Uh, I feel like at one point I heard the cinema score and then I, I know early on I saw the RT score someone posted on Twitter. But okay. uh, I don't know if it's still that. So, I mean, I, I'm still going to be making genuine guesses. So. We'll see. There you go. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was probably around like South by right. <laughs> there was not a lot of right. reviews out. So, yeah. 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 All right. Well, 
Rotten Tomatoes right now. We have 219 reviews counted. Uh, one of them is mine, and you know I liked it. So, Will, what do you think the critic score is on Rotten Tomatoes right now? I mean, I know when it was at South by, I had the hundred percent, but that was like out of like fourteen or seven reviews or whatever. And yeah, then, something like that. I yeah. think I think last I heard it went down to like eighty nine or something, but I think it's gone up since then. But I don't know how high it's gone. So I'm gonna say it's probably not in the mid nineties, but probably in the early to high nineties. Uh, I'm gonna say ninety two percent. You're in the right zone. It is in the low 90s, but it's just straight 90%. So yeah, just one up from, or two up from what you said, or I think you said 89% to one up. Uh, Still really good. I I don't think a lot of people were expecting a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. I absolutely was not. I thought this movie was going to be like 60s, 70s at best. uh, You combine the two uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores, you got 100%. For this and uh, the 2000s one. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. They should say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daly and uh, Goldstein should mention that. Yeah. All right. Audience score. We have a thousand plus verified ratings. What do you think? Uh, yeah. I mean, I imagine audiences are uh, also pretty fond of this one. It seemed like my audience was into it. There was a guy next to me. I also saw this with my roommate, I should mention, who's probably playing D&D right now. Uh, <laughs> and this guy, like, the way my roommate describes that, like, it seemed like he had never seen a movie before and this was like his first time out of the house like he was just <laughs> laughing his head off about everything like even something that wasn't a joke like he was just like <laughs> that's ha- that happened to me and maverick uh if you, yeah. i remember <laughs> he was just i like, love it when that happens yeah people uh, are just like easily tickled they're high or something i don't know i'm mean, i don't, i don't think this guy was high i think he was just generally uh-huh. i mean i mean whatever i mean he got something out of the movie but he was like Polly and sopranos just like <laughs> Just like, I don't know, like Hugh Grant bumps into a table and it's like, (laughs) (laughs) that's a big bird. (laughs) Yeah. No, honestly, like legitimately. Um, (laughs) And now it can't be a bear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. In any case, uh, yeah, I think anyway, uh, I think audiences are uh, probably enjoying this one, maybe even more than critics. So I don't know. Uh, In any case, I'm going to say 94%. So close, so close, ninety three percent. But more okay. importantly, did your roommate like it? Uh, he liked it a little bit more than me, but not too much. He definitely agreed about okay. the comedy. He he thought that it was trying way too hard. Yeah, he's been uh, living and, with you for too long, and, uh, and your, uh, your, your comedic yeah. sensibilities have rubbed off on him. Yeah, he he was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I we, we were just kind of both silently watched this movie for most of it. Uh, I think I might even laugh maybe a little bit more at him because I was actually getting some laughs out of the uh, when. Uh, when you uh, told him that I really liked the movie, did it? Did his respect for me, if there, if any, uh, plummet uh, even further to the depths? Uh, no. Like in this movie, when they go to that dungeon? No, because I told him before the movie, so he was. It, it made him interested to check it out. Oh, I see. Um, so you raised his expectations. Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah sure. Right. Um, so cinema yeah. score. Um, let's see, cinema score. I, I heard. I think it was like an A. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I'm going to say A minus. Oh, good call. It's A minus. Yeah, I don't know okay. you heard A. Uh, maybe you didn't see the minus. Who knows? Uh, a minus in his work. Really great uh, for, for this kind of movie. Uh, especially a movie, yeah, again, that like some people would uh, just write off as nerdy or whatever. People are kind of like, yeah, I liked it. Uh, but okay. A Letterboxd, the true test. So we have 55,000 watches on Letterboxd. Not a ton for a franchise movie like this, but, you know, not bad. Uh, and then we have, uh, let's see, our average rating, zero to five. What's your guess? Uh, it's probably high, like 3.8. You're having a good week. I mean, it's not spot on. You haven't been spot on this week, but you've been really, look, you've just been right there. You know, you were spot on with Cinema Score, but yeah, 3.7. 
So okay. good guess. Good guess. Cool. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at people I know who watch this and mostly like threes, three and a half, you know, your stray four or four and a half. Uh, uh, in terms of friends of the show, I, I don't really see like Kimber Myers gave it four. Um, which I'm happy about. Aaron Dicer gave it four and a half, friend of the show. And uh, Matt Serafini, he did the heart, which uh, that's all I oh. need to know. I'm rushing to the theater when I see when Serafini puts the heart, my heart beats. I didn't know he saw the film. Uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like the people on my timeline are the, yeah, I mean, not like low. Like, I, I mean, the lowest one's probably like two stars, but not like terrible. It's like a mix of like threes, fours. Uh, three and a half, two and a half. So, you know, kind of sure. runs a gambit. So, uh, yeah. I didn't put stars. I'd probably put three and a half. Yeah, I'm, I'm I certainly did two it. and a half on it. So, how sad. Um, I gave it, a, well, maybe more than three and a half. I gave it an eight out of 10, um, but I was a little excited. You know, I was having fun, you know, but, but it's not quite a four. So, it depends on how you translate. But anyway, that's sure, Dungeons that and like Dragons. Classic, like 3.5 out of five. Mm hmm. So there are a few other movies that came out this weekend and uh, we didn't see all of them, but uh, there's Rye Lane, which I really want to see a thousand and one, which I really want to see. It's out. Uh, I did see Tetris and I I thought it was cool. It is funny. There are two gay movies that came out uh, this weekend with both. And then another one this next week. I'm seeing Mario tomorrow. Oh yeah. That's right. uh, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Tetris, you know, Tetris was solid. It was it was cool. It, it, different from what I expected, but, you know. And there's also boring. There's also, um, <laughs> do you, <laughs> wait, what, you thought Tetris was boring? No, I just heard it was boring. I heard it's like a lot of boardroom meetings Part, and stuff. Parts of it are kind of boring, especially if you go into it expecting something else. I, I could see that, actually. I mean, um, I don't know what people expected. Like, were they expecting it to be like Pixels? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but also there have been like a lot of uh, product movies. Like I did see Air, um, which is coming out yeah, pretty soon, um, next week. which uh, is quite good. Good movie. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm certainly more excited for that uh, than the new Mario Brothers movie, though. I'm probably going to end up seeing Mario first. I'm excited to see Mario. I'll, t- I'll talk about it in the review because I'm a massive Mario Kart fan. I love Mario Kart. And the fact that there's yeah, Mario Kart in this movie is all I need to know. If they get that sure. right, rest of the movie could be terrible. Um, when are you seeing that? I'll still be happy enough. When? Yeah, when are you seeing it? Oh, uh, tomorrow night. Monday. Oh, wow. La-dee-da. I'll, I'll let you know what happens. Um, I, I, I know it already premiered. Some people saw it, and uh, I haven't looked at any of the reactions, so I don't know. I don't know how it's doing so far. Yeah, I but. haven't uh, seen any reactions yet. I've been too focused on the reactions to Bo is Afraid, which have been tremendous so far. Oh, I did forget about that. I missed my chance to see Bo is Afraid this weekend. I, I'm really I'm regretting excited. it too, but you know, sure. hey, when you got stuff going on, you got stuff going on. But yeah, also that we, uh, reminds me, uh, yeah. did you, we, we didn't mention the critic thing that like David Sims gave his like five stars or whatever. Like what the hell? Wait, that was crazy. David Sims gave what? Five stars? Dungeons and Dragons, like five stars. Like it was crazy. No kidding. Like I was like, David is Sims, that grump? <laughs> yeah, I was like surprised. Uh, and oh I yeah, I see it right here. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. I'm glad he liked it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean. Glad somebody got. I mean, I'm glad people are getting stuff out of this movie, but I mean, yeah, I'm I'm out, I'm out of the loop on this one. It's okay. You're a little I'm bit fuddled, but it happens. I'm away from the table. I'm I'm at the <laughs> you know I'm at the other side of the room drinking my ale and just shaking my head, looking at these nerds playing this you know playing dang, Tetris on your phone. 
Sure. All right. Uh, that'll do it for us this week on Cinemaholics. We'll be back next week, um, I think, uh, to talk Super Mario Brothers and uh, maybe something else if uh, we do have the time and we're able to see one of these other movies I mentioned. I hope. I hope we can yeah. squeeze that in, too. But in the meantime, from the United California, I am John Agroni. You're not going to do that British voice again? Oh, you're right. You're right. I should end it the way it began. From, of course, the internet, California, I have been your dungeon master. I guess podcast dungeon? I don't know. John Negroni. And from Pennsylvania, I'm Washington. See you on the morrow. Ugh.